Good morning, and welcome back. We are going to talk about some awesome stuff this morning. The title of this message is called Master Your Flesh. And, uh, man, uh, last time we talked about taking responsibility. This is kind of part two of that, okay? Uh, we talked about taking responsibility before. This was going to be about mastering your flesh. Once you take responsibility, you're going to actually start mastering your flesh. Once you start realizing I'm a powerful individual that, that you know, Okay, so just recap. You know, we talked about being a victim. <coughs> being a victim. And then realizing, hey, you know, I'm not just a victim. I'm the one who did the offending. Okay? I'm the offender. When you realize I'm the offender, then you realize that you actually can make a difference. I know that sounds weird and backwards. We mentioned this last time. But when I realized, man, I did wrong and I could have done something different. I could have. This was my choice. Then we realize that our choices matter. Amen. And that we realize what I decide to do in my life it matters. Okay, so this is important for realizing that I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm not going to be underneath oppression anymore. I'm actually going to win. Now, what's really cool about this, check this out. If you study in the scriptures, you'll notice that the people of Israel, okay, the people of Israel would be oppressed But before they were oppressed and were a victim, they offended. They did something wrong. They disobeyed the Lord. And it was actually their choices that got them in the situation that they were in the first place. Then all of a sudden, all the stuff starts happening to them. And they're like, God save us. But they're still disobeying the Lord. He says, listen, if you would just humble yourself and pray, I would come and heal your land. And I would remove the oppressor, and I would remove the ravager, and I would remove the destroyer out of your midst. And so, it was actually their own sin that led them back in to bondage. Okay? If you'll know that. that's And so, part of this is already in bondage, but a lot of times our sin is what keeps us in bondage. Okay? If we can, if we can learn how to master ourselves, we'll get out of this bondage. So, Jesus Christ comes, he sets us free from our, from our slave master, which is the devil. This is so awesome. He frees us from the slave master, and now when we confess our sins, watch this. Go to James chapter 5, 16. <coughs> I have a lot of circled stuff up there. James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another... And pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So, when we confess our sins, when we humble ourselves, that we'll be exalted. Amen. When we humble ourselves and we say, I did wrong, we stop hiding. When we stop hiding, we're no longer a victim anymore. We're no longer a coward anymore. We're no longer on the run anymore. We're no longer paranoid and being pursued when no one is really pursuing. The wicked flee when no one pursues, the scripture says, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So, so what happens, dude, is when we humble ourselves and admit our faults and we say, wow, I messed up, that's the first road, that's the first step towards recovery from our bondage. When we say, I did wrong, when we confess, that's the first step towards being healed. And once we're healed, now we're powerful again, you see? But it's the beginning. It's the beginning. It's good stuff. All right. So, 
we're going to go to Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 today. We're just going to read a lot. And we're just let the Holy Spirit take care, take care of us, man. What in the world happened there? Romans chapter 6, verse 1. We're going to be in Romans chapter 6 through 8. <coughs> it's going to be awesome. All right? Check this out. So Romans chapter 6, uh, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? All right, so let's just go over there. Um, I'm going to find in my scripture real quick because obviously he was saying something. What shall we say then? Infers that something else happened before that we might need to know. So let me go back over here to Romans chapter 5. Let's see here. Remember yesterday I talked about how the second Adam, oh, I said I was talking about last night. Oh my, Jesus is awesome. <laughs> Man, we just done messed up the Bible study. <laughs> Woo! My goodness. Therefore, <coughs> Romans chapter 5. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. <laughs> we're just going to start at verse 1. Romans chapter 5. So scrap 6, 7, 8. We're going to do 5, 6, 7, and 8. And we're going to have some fun. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. This is so awesome. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means you have to go back to Romans chapter 3, but we're not going to do that. We're trying to save some time. Romans chapter 3 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, everybody's like, well, we need, God gets all the glory, right? Short of the glory of God. Listen, it's a bad thing to fall short of the glory of God. It's a bad thing to fall short of the glory of God. It's sin... It causes us to fall short of the glory of God. That's not a good thing. But we preach in the church a lot of times, God gets all the glory. <clears throat> and Jesus is saying right here, or the, the word is saying right here, it's a bad thing to fall short of this glory. So right here in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified, what's that mean? That means you were low and God was here and he brought you up. That's justification. When you weren't enough, but he made you enough. Justification. Okay? To justify. To say, hey, you know what? It's okay. I'll make it right. Jesus made it right just for you. Okay? When he died on the cross, he made your sin. Not that your sin is right, but he made you right. Does that make sense? You weren't right, but now he made you right. That's justification. It's to balance the scales. Justified by faith. Why? Because our deeds were not enough. Your deeds are not enough. Your deeds are not enough. So it's your faith in what? The one deed of Jesus. Faith in the one deed of Jesus because your deeds, your deeds are not enough. You can't do it. So you have to have faith, okay? And you're not justified because now you're trying to do right. Isaiah says, my, my righteous acts are like filthy rags. So I can't do enough to become righteous. I'm having faith 
in the one deed of Jesus, and that justifies me. That make sense? Mm -hmm. All right, check this out. <clears throat> Justified by faith. We have peace with God, which brings us back to things we've talked about before, about not being at peace with God. This brings us peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have obtained access by faith. So Jesus is the door, okay, into the place where you ask. It's Jesus is access. Access into a place by faith into this grace in which we stand. This is good stuff. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory. What we Now he's saying we're going to hope in the glory. Not the glory that God gets, the glory that you're going to get. Because see, the thing is, you fell short of the glory of God, but now you've been justified. You were down here, or he was here. You fell short. Now he's going to bring you back up. This is why, because you humbled yourself, like we talked about earlier. You humble yourself, say, I'm not enough. God says, no, I'll make you enough. Mm -hmm. He exalts you. Awesome. It's good stuff. He makes you something when you were nothing. He exalts you when you humble yourself. Hope in the glory. Listen, God wants to give you back the glory, and I can prove that in John chapter 17. Y'all need to read that. This thing's right on. John chapter 17. Check this out. Jesus, he says, God, give me the glory that I once had before the foundations of the world. This is all John chapter 17. I'm just going to skip through it. I ain't going to build up to it. I'm just going to tell you the truth, okay? Because we got time. We don't have time. I have to get through this thing, okay? But John chapter 17, he says, Father, give me the glory that I once had before the foundations of the world, okay? Which is before sin. So he gives him the glory. Why? I've, because, Father, I've glorified you by doing what you told me to do. You know how you bring glory to God? Not by singing praises. You give glory to God by doing what he told you to do. Obeying. Obeying. I brought you glory because I've obeyed your word, Jesus said. Jesus brought glory to God by obeying the Father. We bring glory to Jesus by obeying Jesus. Obeying. Obeying. We bring glory. Why? Obedience isn't what saves you. Obedience is the completion of your faith that began before you could do enough. You couldn't do enough, so you believed in what he could do in you. When you believed in what he could do in you, and you allowed him to live through you, now your obedience brings glory to God. Your obedience does not bring you glory. <sighs> Come on. You're Listen, the problem is you fell short of the glory of God. If you're trying to get the glory... The problem was, this is the problem. Listen, this is the predicament you're in. You don't have the glory of God. You fell short. But if you obey God, it doesn't bring you glory. Your deeds cannot bring you the glory that you need. It's your faith in Jesus Christ that brings you the glory. It's your obedience to that faith that brings God glory. Just like, watch this. Just like when Jesus, so awesome. Just like when God, so awesome. Just like when God did the one deed, it brought us glory. Listen, when you do the deed, when you do the good, when you follow and obey, when you do the humbling work, it never brings you glory. It always brings somebody else glory. Amen. When God did the one humbling deed, it didn't bring him glory. It brought you glory. That's <laughs> so awesome. I don't, I don't know if y'all getting that, but that's freaking awesome. You know, Jesus brought the father glory because he was a man. And he was obeying 
and that obedience brought God glory. It didn't bring himself glory. God exalted Jesus and gave Jesus glory. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right. We'll keep going. More than that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. <coughs> for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if, what, did you know when you get saved, you're not saved from hell, you're saved from the wrath of God? Man. God has wrath. This is important to know. Scripture says that, that he's actually storing up his wrath for the day of judgment. I've heard people say, I just wish God would just strike me down so that I'd know he was real. No, you don't get no. it. You don't want him to strike you down because you'd be dead, dead, dead. Second, second, he promised he was going to store up his wrath to the last day. So you better walk in the mercy of God. Don't think that him being patient is being negligent. Him being patient is him following through. Oh, you think he's not following through because he didn't whip you? No, 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 no. He is following through because he promised he wouldn't whip you until the last day. See? People mistaken 2,000 years as, oh, well, God's not really showing through. Uh-uh, no. God's being patient. Because if you read Revelation, you wouldn't want him coming back either. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, when Jesus comes back, it's going to be a great day. You know, it's not. <laughs> it's going to be an awful day. See, Jesus came the first time to not condemn the world, but to save it. The second time, he's coming to, for judgment. The second day is the great and terrible day of the Lord. It's a terrible day. It's a terrible, terrible day. The street's going to be filled with blood up to the neck. It's a bad day. You know? There, but there's this time right now where God is at peace with us. He's established his covenant of peace. He's saying, listen... I'm coming into this land and I'm going to bring peace and I'm bringing an extension of the mercy of God. I don't want you to perish. This is the true heart of God, to love mercy. He loves mercy. He wants to give mercy, you see? But we take it sometimes for granted. Mm. Mm. Don't take the mercy of God for granted. It's the most beautiful thing. Thank you, God, for mercy. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, we have now been justified by his blood. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore... Just as sin came into the world through one man, talked about this yesterday and didn't, get, didn't really get to get into it, so this is going to be awesome, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted. Do you all understand that mm -hmm. the law was given 
to reveal sin. The law didn't make sin. A lot of times people say, well, um, it's a sin because the Bible says it's a sin. See, right here, homosexuality is wrong because the, the law says that it's wrong. No, 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 no. The law didn't create sin. The sin was already there. The law exposed sin. You see? <clears throat> the law just simply shone the light on it and said, that was wrong. Hey, don't you know that's wrong? Hey, if you don't know it's wrong, now you do. See? The law didn't create sin. Everybody thinks the law is bad. The law is not bad. The law is holy. The law is given by God. It came from God. It's to reveal like a schoolmaster is to teach you, you know. I keep going back to this electricity thing because of this guy over here. I'm telling you, touching, the, touching electricity isn't, just because uh, you go to your class to learn about electricity, it isn't bad because the teacher said it's bad. You know, it's not dangerous because the teacher said it was dangerous. It's already dangerous. The teacher's just there to teach you that it's dangerous. The law is a teacher. The law just teaches me what's dangerous. It doesn't create the danger. The danger was already there. And now it's just showing me the truth so that I will be aware of it. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. Well, if God hadn't just, if God just didn't say don't do it, man, I could have done it. No, it was already wrong and we already knew it. Why? We knew right and wrong when we ate from the tree. We didn't need no law. The law just held me accountable. The law was just so that God could be just God. In fact, the law was set up for one purpose, so that we would be without excuse, so that Jesus could save us. The law was the, here's the law. The law was taking the volleyball and throwing it up like this and setting it up so the next person could come and spike it. That's what the law was. See? The law was the pitch so it could be hit. All right? The law set us up and it, it trapped us. It put us in a situation where we had no way out so that Jesus could save us through dying for us. It was God's wisdom. It's perfect. All right, check this out. <clears throat> For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over... So you see, understand what he's saying is, from Adam all the way to Moses, which was like fifteen to 2,000 years, 1,500 to 2,000 years, okay? One, I don't know that sounded weird. 1,500 to 2,000 years, roughly. I can't remember exactly the dates. But from Adam to Moses, before the law was given, death reigned. Why? Because of sin. Sin was already there. When Moses showed up and gave the law, it just showed the sin. It just revealed the sin. Okay? Check this out. Even those who are, whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For, even, for if many died through the one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God. And the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus... Christ abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin, for the which is Adam, right? For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of the one man's trespass, death reigned through one, that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in this life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Listen, you're destined to reign. <clears throat> Whoa, messing that up. <clears throat> You're destined to reign. Listen. 
Jesus came to get you away from that slavery. Destined to reign. You're not destined to just struggle. Listen. You're not destined to, you know, um, you know, a lot of times with our sin, man, we just, we just, we're like struggling all the time. I can't stop. I can't raise above it. I can't get above, above this habitual sin. Okay. But you're destined to reign, which doesn't mean there isn't ever a struggle. It just means that you're going to beat it. It just means that it's underneath your foot all the time. You're constantly reigning. You know, you're reigning. It's not just a, uh, trying to get myself free. No, Jesus already freed you. Now you're destined to reign. Here's what happens. We have a prison mentality. I use this example a lot. Have you all watched the Shawshank Redemption? <coughs> uh, Shawshank Redemption, Morgan Freeman was in prison for however many years. Half a generation, half a lifetime. He comes out <coughs> and he's working in bagging groceries and he has to use the restroom and he raises his hand. Talks to the manager, hey, hey boss, I, I gotta use the restroom. Can I go use the restroom? And his boss leans over and goes, hey man, you don't have to ask me to use the restroom. Just go use the restroom. So why did he ask though? Because in prison, he had to ask all the time. So when he got out, he felt like he had to ask again. He, 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 he was a free man with a prison mentality. Mm. He was a free man for real, but he just believed, but he's still living like he was in prison. Mm -hmm. He still had a mentality of being in captivity. Okay? This is what happens. A lot of times we get born again, but we don't get it. We're free. And we start keep on living with the mentality of being in bondage. Well, I'm just a, everything's coming against me. And I, you know, my whole life is falling. Listen, dude, you got to get out of that mentality. You got to realize I'm a winner. I, I, I'm winning. I'm, I'm going to beat this whole thing. I'm, I'm been made more than a conqueror through Christ who gave me strength. You know? Destined to reign. Look at this. I already beat it. I already beat it. <laughs> <coughs> and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass. In other words, to expound on it. Hey, look how much you're messing up. You didn't realize it, but you're messing up a lot. You're living so much in sin, you're blind to it. You can't tell. You can't even see all the stuff that you're doing wrong. You can't see all the things that are falling apart in your life. But this law is going to show you it. Now, don't, now, now the law is designed to condemn you. That's why when we look at the law, we're like, oh my gosh, I just, it's so hopeless. Right? But that's why in Jesus, he died for you. He said, hey, look, that law that made you hopeless, I took care of that. I paid the penalty for you. Bam. Now, the, now the, the pressure of the law has been released. Now the law's still holy. The law still shows me where sin is. But I'm not being oppressed by a law anymore. I've been set free. I'm now justified. Hey, I've, I've, I've met the righteous requirement of the law because of Jesus. Jesus made me the righteousness of God. It's good stuff. Now, the law came in to increase the trespass. Where, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that is, as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now we're in, verse, now we're in chapter 6. 
<clears throat> what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? See, what happens is people say, oh, I'm free now. And they use it as an opportunity for the flesh. Oh, I'm in right standing with God now. I can continue to sin. You missed the gospel. In fact, you're probably not even saved. If you think you can keep on sinning, that's not what Jesus did. He didn't just save you from, he didn't save you from the wrath of God only. See, what people don't get is, look, listen. <coughs> the blood of Jesus freed you, freed me from the law and God's wrath. Right? So everybody's like, look, man, I can keep on, I can just do whatever I want. But listen, this isn't the complete package. It's only half the gospel. If you believe in only the blood of Jesus so you can be free from the wrath of God, and that's all you believe in, you're not saved. You're only justified. Amen. The scripture makes a distinction in Romans chapter 10. It says, if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, then you're justified. But if with your mouth you confess him as Lord, then you're saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, but with the mouth one confesses and is saved. There's a difference between justification and salvation. See, Jesus actually made you justified before you ever got saved. That's why it says right here, he gives us an obtained access. See, justification is not salvation. Justification is access to salvation but it is not salvation in and of itself if i believe that jesus died that means i have access now see what happens is this this just take this out sin prevented you from being able to go into the temple sin prevented you from being able to go into the throne room of christ see there was or of god there was a temple let me show you this i, I already kind of taught on this once but y'all weren't here so this is awesome all right so check this out <clears throat> Here's your tabernacle. They'd come in here, right? They do their sacrifices and their, or actually they do their sacrifice. I think they did their sacrifice out here. <clears throat> they do their washing and oh, this is. Uh, I'm sorry, it's bigger than this. There's your, there's your altar. Here's your washing basin. Here's your bread of the presence, and your lampstand. Okay. This is a little bread of the presence, and then lampstand. Okay. All right. You come in here. This is the uh, holy place. But then in here is the Ark of the Covenant. The little cherubims. Mm. All right. So you had to sacrifice an animal here to get into here. Because if you didn't sacrifice an animal, you had sin. If you entered in here and got in here, then God would just kill you. Right there. You'd drop dead because of God's holiness and your sin. So you had to have a sacrifice on this little grill, this little altar. They'd kill the sacrifice and burn it before God. To take your sin away so you can enter into here. But guess what? You still don't have salvation until you got in here and asked God for something. So you have access, but you don't have salvation yet. You just have access. The blood only gave you access to the throne of God. The blood did not save you. The blood gives you access to ask for salvation. It's mm. good. Now. The blood of Jesus gives you access. It gives you justification. It takes away your sin, but it does not bring salvation. It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ that gives you salvation. 
which means he defeats death. He defeats, listen, death, he defeats sin. You get salvation in three parts, your body, soul, and spirit. If all you believe in is, oh, I got, all my sins are taken away. If that's all you believe in, then you don't have salvation. You only have justification. You need salvation. Salvation goes beyond just justification. Salvation goes to being more than a conqueror. Salvation says, I can win. Salvation says, I don't have to just keep on laying down and letting sin run me over. Salvation says, I will reign in this life. Salvation says, I will have dominion in this life over sin and over my body. Salvation says, I'll have dominion over my thought life. Salvation says, I have dominion in heaven, and heaven is coming down to earth, and I'm bringing it down here right now. I'm not waiting to get into heaven. See, God didn't want you to wait till you die to go to heaven. If that was the case, then you just dropped dead the moment you got saved. Bam, it's over. But that's not the point. That's not what God wants to do. He wants to give you dominion right now. Right now. And then you go in dominion. You start bringing the kingdom of God wherever you go. You start preaching the gospel everywhere you go. And everybody else starts getting saved. See? See, what happens is God gave Joshua the land before they went into it. But then they had to go into the land and take it. You're not destined to just be given the land. You're destined to go take the land. But he gave it to you already. You have to operate in faith and go take the land. But the the land isn't just going to be inhabitant free. It's going to be full of inhabitant. A lot of people there. You're going to go in there and you're going to conquer them. See? Your life is full of junk. And God has called you to not just... He didn't say, well, I'm going to just remove it all. In fact, the scripture says, I will drive them out little by little. See, you're going to go back into your life and you're going to little by little take back things in your life over and over and over again. That's salvation. Salvation isn't just going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Eternal life is to know God and to know him intimately. When I know God and know him intimately, he makes his dwelling inside of me. The scripture says in the Old Testament, he wanted to dwell with his people. So he come dwell in his people and his, in the midst of his people with his tabernacle, they pack up and leave and go to the next town and conquer it. Bam. Why? Because God was with the people. See, God is with you. He wasn't with you just to be with you. He was with you so you could go conquer. I'm going to go and free these people. Oh, but what are they to listen to me? But I will be with you. Remember last night we were talking about that? Moses, he's telling God, but what if they don't believe me? But I will be with you. See, God. the only reason why God is coming to be with you is so you can go set captives free. See, that's salvation. See, salvation isn't just for myself. Salvation is for people around me. If I bring the kingdom of God, if the kingdom of God is really inside of me, then when I go to the next place, I bring the kingdom of God in that place. Now I become the light of the world. The light of the world came into me. And Matthew 5 says, you are the light of the world. So now I take the light of the world that's in me and I come into the place and I bring the light of the world into that place that was dark. See, you're not destined to just live for yourself. Well, I want to get set free from my bondage so that I can be free. That's not what God wants. He wants you to set other people free. Shine. You stepping in is, 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 is loud enough for people <coughs> to, to believe. Yeah. He saves you so you can go in and yeah. save others. You've been saved to be sa- to, you've been saved so you can save. Jesus does the saving, but he uses me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Man, it's good stuff. Where are we at? Totally got lost. So that man. Alright. 
But how can we who died to sin still, still live in it? See, you weren't created just to still live in sin. You died to it already. Don't you know that when you enter into Christ, you die with him? Check it out. Do you not know? Oh, it's right here. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. See, Jesus didn't die just so you could stay dead. He died and rose again so you could be resurrected. So you could live a resurrection life. See, God did not save you just to go to heaven. He saved you to live a resurrected life. A, resur a resurrected life. I died with him and I was raised with him as well. So I bring him wherever I go and I bring resurrection power everywhere I go. If Christ is in you, then you died with him and you were raised with him and now you are a powerful vessel to bring the kingdom of God wherever you go. If you don't know that about yourself, then you'll always think that you're a victim. You can do all things through Christ. If you don't realize that when Jesus made his home inside of you, the greatest power of the universe became at your disposal. Why are we pretending to be victims anymore? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant. You've heard about that? Indiana Jones, right? Ark of the Covenant. That's what was sitting in the Holy of Holies. On top of it was a mercy seat. Inside of it was the Ten Commandments, the law. <clears throat> this is where God would sit, upon the mercy seat. Did you know that your heart is the mercy seat of God? You become the Holy of Holies. The scripture says, now I become the temple. My body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Check this out. The scripture says, see right here, the Ten Commandments were inside the Ark of the Covenant. The law. God put the law inside the Ark of the Covenant, and then God sat on top of that lid. Did you know that you are the Ark of the Covenant on the inside? That's why we can't find the Ark of the Covenant. They're never going to find it. it. It went into my heart. It's in your heart. we got to stop looking for some Ark of the Covenant. When I carry it with me everywhere I go. It's right here. You want to know what's awesome? Check this out. Whenever, whenever the priest would walk into the Holy of Holies, he had what's called an ephod. And on the ephod, it had this breastplate. And it had all the 12 stones of Israel that represented all his people. And it covered his heart. This was God's end of the deal. That was their end of the deal, the law. God said, hey, you're going to keep my law. And they said, hey, you're going to keep your people. And he put it on their heart. See, this is so awesome. It's all about the heart. God wanted it. When they came in, it was a, it was a prophetic sign of that exchange. God, I bring to you my heart, which is my people. And God says, I bring to you my heart which is my word. Jeremiah, 20, Jeremiah 30, something I think, says, I will write my law on their hearts and I'll put it in their minds. That law that was in the Ark of the Covenant, God wants to put it inside your heart. And then he sits on it like a mercy seat. And he judges and he rules and reigns. It's the throne room of God. This is the throne room of God right here. Right here. Good stuff. Am I letting him rule and reign? Am I submitting to him? Do I realize the access that I have? Do I realize? Do I even get it? Do I even comprehend what access I have? God's not way afar. I just read this this morning. It's in your heart. 
He's right here, right now. There's no place you can go and hide that he can't find you. <laughs> Man, it's good stuff. Where are we at? That we too might walk in newness of life. See, you were destined to walk in newness of life. Not just have an eternal ticket to heaven and I'll have a seat on the plane now. One of these days I'll be there. No, he says, right now I'm seated with God in heavenly places. Right now. Right now. I ain't waiting to go to heaven when I die. I'm already in heaven. Right now. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. And I'm bringing the kingdom of God where I'm at. Walking in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him Amen. or over you. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. He just gave us a truth right here. Did you know that you can choose not to let sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies and make you obey its evil passions? You have the choice. Listen, you have the choice. Do you know why? Because he gave you the power. He gave you dominion over your sin and over your sin nature. God has given me mastery. He's given me authority. He's given me dominion over my sinful body. You have the authority to tell your body, shut up. Hush. Hush. Stop that. You are a slave. You're nothing but a slave. You tell your body, I'm, you're nothing but a slave. You stop it. You're a slave to, you were a slave to sin, but now you're a slave to righteousness. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus bought you from the slavery you were in in sin, not so you could be a, just a free body, but so you could be a slave to righteousness. Jesus owns my body. It's a good word. It's a good master. He's a good master. Mm. I have dominion over my body. That's what we talked about before. Two verses one. My soul and my spirit get in line together. I'm focused on the spirit of God. Those two verses one, they put my body into subjection. You know, the best picture I can show you is a horse carriage. This is a good one. Mm -hmm. Have I shown you this one yet? Mm -hmm. I just got it. <clears throat> Check this out. So I'm going to draw this little horse here. See if I can. Pretty good horse, huh? Well, that, was, that, was, that was Holy Spirit right, right there. Right? And then he drew legs. <laughs> it would have been great without legs, right? Alright, so here's the horse. Here's the man. Right? I like to draw him with a little top hat. Oh, oh messing that up. That was a okay. Look at him. He's driving right here. All right. So, here's your horse and buggy. All right. <clears throat> this is your flesh. It's an animal. This is your soul or your mind. He's the driver. 
This is your spirit. He's the coach. If that guy, if this guy doesn't listen to him, and he lets go of the reins, where are they going? Mm. Flesh leads. Wherever that body wants to go. But if he takes the reins and says, hey, and talks to this guy, hey, where are we going? And listens to this guy, this guy now puts the reins on the animal, and the animal goes wherever the two want to go. We have to be, this guy knows where the destination is going. This guy is a slave too. He's not really in charge. He's in charge. He just does whatever this guy tells him to do. You see? But this guy has to get in line and say, hey, body, you're going to be put in this objection. And we put him in this objection, you see? And the, the, the animal is now under control because we're listening to the spirit. But if this guy isn't being fed... Uh, he's always strong. I don't want to. It's it's not a perfect example. I'm gonna give you another example now. There's it's too it's too hard to give you a perfect illustration about what happens in your triune being because you are a body, soul, and spirit. Okay, we know this according to Hebrews chapter four. And what was the other one? Can you look it up for me? Uh, body, soul, and spirit. Thessalonians, I believe. <coughs> So this guy has got to communicate to the soul. The soul puts the body into subjection. The other example, the only other example I can give you that's a, a, a good example for how the body actually affects, because see, the body, it's hard to describe how the body affects these two in this illustration, but if I use a different illustration, like a computer and a keyboard with a mouse, the tower. Okay, all right, this right here, this is your soul. Whatever the keyboard and the mouse are doing, that's your body. Whatever they put into the soul, that screen's going to display. It's all it's going to be able to think about. The hard drive is your subconscious. Okay? The screen actually shows you what is on the RAM right now, which is your immediate memory. That's why your soul can think and your, your body, your, your spirit can think. Would you find it? No, I'm looking for it. Okay. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, First Thessalonians 5. It says that we're body, soul, and spirit. First Thessalonians 5.23. Hebrews 4.12 says the spirit, that the word of God can divide the, uh, the soul and the spirit, the joints. Let's go there. Let's just go there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. <laughs> For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Have you ever heard, of, oh, I'm an inner being and outer being, right? Well, your heart is your inner being, but it's made up of a soul and a spirit. Soul and the spirit. Check this out. Piercing to the division of soul and of spirit. So, a lot of people don't realize these are two different things, but it's saying that they can be divided up. The heart is divided up by soul and spirit. Watch this. It says, joints from marrow. Have you ever noticed that? Look, the joints are your inner being too. And the marrow's inside the inner being. See that? Well, the spirit man is deeper than the soul. See? But they're both your inner being. Mm -hmm. The center of who you are. The heart. See? 
Watch this. The thoughts and intentions. Your intentions are the thoughts of your thoughts. It's the thoughts behind your thoughts. See? All right. So, <clears throat> this thing, the, the screen or the RAM, can't do anything, watch this, that's not already on the hard drive. If it's not programmed, it can't ever come out. See? That's why sin comes out a lot of times. Mm -hmm. We have a corrupt, we have a, we have a, a dead spirit until we get born again. Okay? Right? Now, sometimes, watch this, sometimes there's things that's not inside here, but we went somewhere else, found it, it wasn't good for us, now it's corrupting us, pornography or whatever, you know, we go to a place that's not good for us, but how, why did we do that? Because we put it in the keyboard, we put it in the mouse, we searched for it, what are we hungry for, what are we feeding ourselves? And so this thing only displays. So only what this puts in it can this display. In other words, whatever you are hearing, faith comes by hearing. Whatever you're watching, if the eyes are the window are the lamp of the body and they're dark, then the whole body is dark. Mm. If this thing is doing dark stuff, then this whole thing gets dark. Mm -hmm. Gets corrupted, gets viruses, gets all messed up. Trojans. You know? So we gotta be careful what we put here. Yeah. But if we stuck to the original design, we would never have them problems. Because when, when Microsoft made this sucker, made it pretty good. Or when Mac made this sucker, he made it pretty good. Until we go somewhere we're not supposed to go. See? And then we start corrupting it. So then we got to get an antivirus to get us cleared out. Here's your antivirus right here. Jesus. Here's your antivirus. Start clearing it up. See? Pretty good stuff. So whenever I start putting in the bad stuff, the spirit man goes, hey man, Trojan warning, hey, antivirus warning, hey, hey, what are you doing? You're going somewhere you're not supposed to go. Big flashes on the screen. Stop that. Quit it. That's the spirit man talking to you. And the soul's like, I'm sorry. I mean, I really can't do anything about it. I'm a, kind of a slave to this thing. Right? And then Satan starts throwing up. Um, bam. Spam. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Try to cover it up. Ah, get it. Clear it out, right? We'll start. So, so, right? So, check this out. When, when this thing does a warning sign on the screen, the soul starts thinking, wait a minute, am I in the right spot? But until you speak it, you can't change this. That's why if this is silent, this will keep on doing whatever it's doing. If this doesn't make a change, then this keeps on doing whatever it's doing. It stays in that same cycle of sin. Continuing continually until it says, until it submits to this and says, we've had enough. We got to do something different. We pop a CD in with an antivirus, start clearing stuff out. Because minimizing don't help. Minimizing don't help. I'm going to put that aside. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. <laughs> that's a good word. All right, so we keep on going, bud. What time do we got? Going now. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> got to go do a fundraiser in a minute. Oh, yeah. All right, check this out. Do you know... Do you not know that if you present... Where are we at? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its, its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those, as those who have been brought from death to life 
and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Mm -hmm. Now we just found out a key. Did you know that grace is what gives you dominion over sin? See, a lot of times people think that grace frees me from the power of sin, but it's not just that. I literally now have dominion because grace empowers me. Grace is the power to overcome. Mercy is me being free from the law, but grace is the power to overcome. Grace is what saves me. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Grace has saved me because I put my faith in what Jesus did. What did I believe in? I believed that he died for me, which took away my sin, but I also believe he rose again, which gave me dominion over this world. It's mm -hmm. good stuff. And that is a good stopping point because there's so much more. I haven't even gotten halfway through chapter 6. We still got 7 and 8 to go. So we just thank you, Father, right now, Lord. I'm going to mark it right there. We're going to pick up in the name of Jesus next time, Father. We thank you, Lord, you've given us dominion over this world. We thank you, Father, you've given us dominion over death. You've given us dominion over the sin. We thank you, Father, we can be more than conquerors and we can master our flesh. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus that we are going to win. We're more than conquerors through Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold as a Lion ministry podcast. For additional teaching, prayer, information, or support, please visit our website at www.boldasalignministries.com. Subscribe to our Facebook for updates on what God is doing in our ministries and our YouTube page for updated teachings hosted at the Barracks Discipleship and Recovery House. For weekly refreshing word, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. We pray strength and blessing for you and yours and for the courage to walk boldly for God. 